Hello, everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by... Joshua Merval. And today, we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from December of 1986. That's right. And unfortunately, G.I. Jolie could not be with us, but Bex Luthor is with us. Don't really. I'm here. I'm here for filler week. It's filler week here on Here Comes the Spider-Cast. It's never filler week, like, ever. It's always no way. Week. It's always good stuff. That's why we got Michelle Kistner back with us. Thank Woo! you for joining us, Michelle. Yeah. Hello. Woo. And uh, just to quickly refresh everyone's memory, you're uh, you're from um, Movie Sleuth. Yes. Yes. So that's so the best way to find you is just moviesleuth.com or what's your name on all of the different platforms? Uh, you can add me on Facebook, Michelle Kistner. I'm on. Uh, Instagram as Robot Cookie. I don't have a Twitter because I despise Twitter. <laughs> Me too. So those are like the two main things. If you if you search my name on Google, you can find all my reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. That awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you again for joining us. Oh yeah, no problems. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna start off this week with Web of Spider-Man 21, and Josh, you're gonna tell us all about this one. <sighs> Sure. You sound so happy about it. <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, we catch up with Peter, and uh, he's on a like on, on some like sort sort of ferry <laughs> on his way to Dublin, uh, from Liverpool to Dublin, and he's uh, like under the radar, or under the radar, uh, feeling under the weather. Like he's not feeling too well. Uh, he's with Joy Mercado. They're in the UK and they're dealing with like all of these like terrorist attacks that are going on and they're like they've been sent there by now magazine right that's what right. Changed, yeah uh to to cover this and then um peter starts daydreaming uh on, while on the ferry and we cut to <laughs> a completely different story that has nothing to do with what's going on besides <laughs> the fact that peter is sick um but um we uh we start off this like inception story where it's like a story inside of a story with uh this guy's being mugged in an alleyway and spider-man's there and we we believe that he's gonna jump down and stop these goons but uh it turns out that uh uh he's working with the bad guys what's going on uh it's somebody pretending to be spider-man and committing crimes uh, so we cut back to Peter. He's sick and he's talking to MJ and, uh, her and Aunt May are kind of taking care of him. Uh, we cut over to the, to these two guys that are pretending to be Spider-Man and working together to commit crimes as they, uh, uh rob a jewelry store and the police show up and they see Spider-Man come out and they're kind of confused. Like, what is, what's he doing? Why is he stealing jewelry? That can't be Spider-Man. And then, uh, their the partner uh like uses like a zip line and goes over to the building and it looks like spider-man is swinging away so the police believe that um this really is him so j jonah jameson obviously is thrilled by this news that everybody uh, thinks that spider-man is uh is a bad guy now so he's kind of like celebrating and, and running all of these stories about him uh the news is even talking about it on the tv mj hears about this peter can't really stand for it so 
despite the fact that he's sick, he puts on his costume and he swings around the city to kind of investigate to see what's going on. Um, he ends up running into the guy who's pretending to be him. Uh, and he tracks him down all the way to his apartment, figures out that it's two guys. Um, and he, uh, Long story short, he like busts into the into the apartment eventually, and it turns out that they made a scrapbook of why they're doing this, <laughs> and <laughs> and he reads the scrapbook, and um uh, uh like months ago, uh Spider Man failed to save their dad from a bank robbery, and the robbers uh shot and killed him, so they're taking revenge by using his identity to kind of like smear his name and uh rob banks i guess and um uh he ends up chasing these guys and following them down to an island tram so it's like a like a giant like how would you say yeah it's like a ski lift essentially it's like transportation to go over the water and it's like dangling down by like a rope pulley system so this all kind of comes to a head on this tram as it's floating across uh presumably like the hudson or something and uh uh spider-man swings up as the fake spider-man is up there they kind of have a little bit a bit of a tussle it looks like the the rope is going to break spider-man saves the day and everybody is there to witness that there are two spider-man spider-men uh one of them is trying to ruin the day one of them is trying to save the day so it ends up kind of clearing peter's name uh then we cut back over to uh current uh, present day time where peter and joy uh uh, make it off the ferry and that's pretty much uh pretty much it uh now before we jump into this i just have to ask yeah. quickly does anybody here know who larry lieber is he is stan yeah. lee's brother right the okay. less famous less talented brother <laughs> of stan lee i feel sorry for the guy because not only does no one know who he is stan lee has never even mentioned him in an interview. Really? So, yeah, I've never heard you even talk about him. It's kind of weird, you know? Hmm. But, um, so anyway, so yeah, Larry Lieber, he was, been, he was around since the very beginning, writing and drawing, like, Marvel comics, but obviously he was just never, a, he was never a spectacular artist. He was never a spectacular writer, but he was always there. I personally think the art in this is actually fine. It's kind of like a throwback to the 60s, and I like, you know, the storytelling's clear, and I like the fact the one thing I love about this issue is it's done in one. It's packed full of dialogue and, you know, everything is condensed because it's so short, right? 20 pages or whatever it is. I love that. Um, other than that, we can get into the actual content or the quality of the story later. But um, Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But Mich- yeah. Michelle, I want to know your impression first. You're a guest. What did you think of this issue? Um. It was okay. I I, I was kind of laughing because like it starts out with a flashback and then Spider-Man flashes back in the flashback to another <laughs> flashback. And I'm right. just like, wow, they they really went for it here. Um I like the actual I like the idea of Spider-Man feeling like regret. Like it's not his it, I mean, he's it's not his fault that they that you know, his dad died. He was just it was the criminals, right, that shot him, but 
he always feels like he can't do enough to save people or, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how much he does, he always very much is uh, taken aback when, when someone dies or when he can't save everybody and it weighs heavily on him. And I always imagine thinking, like, you know, if you're a superhero and you save, you know, so hundreds of people's lives, right? Like, how how much do you think about those hundred lives at an individual level, I'm sure? You know, he didn't even recognize any of that stuff till like, his memory was jogged. Like, you know, and but every life you save as a superhero means a lot to that person and their family. But it's just like, you know, a day at work for you. So I always find, I just thought it was interesting. Like, it kind of took it from the, you know, macro level down to the, you know, micro level like like down to like it kind of like made him laser focus on one life that he himself affected and i thought that was an interesting kind of way to take it you know kind of goofy structure aside um <laughs> okay okay so yeah so becca what was your first impression of it um i just couldn't i was like oh yeah we're going to dublin i i forgot that we were going <laughs> right, to dublin, right, right. but it did not matter at all that no nope. fill in love- time I do enjoy that if they're going to do a fill-in, at least it's contained within the main story. It's like, oh, this fill-in, this reminds me. So it's like, okay, we didn't forget where we are in the main Mm -hmm. plot line. We're just just going somewhere else. Because normally they'll just throw a fill-in, and it's like a different artist, a different writer, and it's just like, web of number 19. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. what does this have to do with web of? But yeah, at least he doesn't feel good, so it, it reminds him of the last time he was sick. Which I think Spider-Man being sick is always funny. I like when he like mm-hmm. has to like wear a hat or a scarf over his costume. It's like you have regenerative healing powers, but also you can still catch a cold. That's funny to me. Um, no, I, I I liked it. It was it was for for a fill-in issue is pretty decent actually. I like like mm-hmm. all, like you said like the one and done kind of stuff. Normally that bothers me a little bit more than it did here, but it was at least a somewhat of a decent story so it didn't normally a lot of these filler one and dones are like garbage from 30 years ago that they were just like oh just put this Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. um like i think josh you were messaging the group earlier talking about how like last week the fill-in issue was from like decades prior to when it was actually published yeah that was mike's that was uh, me that was talking about this one because if you base it on the fact that or was it this one or was it last week one of them but it yeah. was yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Becca. At least it it doesn't feel so out of place. Right, right. right. Um, as far as like the story goes, I really like Mary Jane in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like her a lot more recently than I have in the past, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. I don't know. It was like meh. If I didn't read it again, I'd be fine. So. Fun fact: the uh, the ferry from Liverpool to Dublin is seven and a half hours. Oh, really? Wow. So I just pictured, so I just pictured Peter in a trance for seven hours, just like thinking about what happened, telling the story. <laughs> Joey's yeah. just like, "Yeah, right there, Pete." <laughs> seven hours? There was no fast rate for them to get there. I guess not. Um. <laughs> um I just gonna say quickly because yeah. you touched on it. It was actually Peter Parker one twenty, the one where uh, he has the he has to deal with those uh, thugs. Remember when his apartment? That one. The, mm. the thugs. You'll have to be more specific. Well, but yeah, they're just they're not super villains. But anyway, based on who's living where, because Glory Grant's in the apartment, it takes place in March nineteen seventy five. 
So it was obviously a script they had in the drawer for like 11 years. And they're like, okay, just just draw this, Keith Giffen. We'll figure it out later. Whereas this fill-in feels... Obviously, the fact that Spider-Man has his black costume means it was at least drawn recently. Um, but other than that, there's really no way to figure it out, which I kind of like because it's almost more timeless, right? Like, you don't have to worry like, oh, Aunt May's living at this house. You know, this person's here. This person's there. Mm-hmm. Flash Thompson's on the run. It's just a generic Spider-Man story that can fit in anywhere. So I kind of like that. Is that um, what they do? They just, like, have stories in the back, like, oh, this isn't good enough for a regular run, and then they'll just kind of slide them in where they need time to finish something? Yeah, like, if they're... Because back then, they were very strict about deadlines. They had to have... Like, you know, nowadays, there'll be a comic that's a regular series, and you'll be like, oh, number five is, you know, seven months late. Number six is two months late. Back then, it was every month they had to have it out on time. So they would have comics just in the drawer. They'd be like, okay, well... This is a 20-page story that's already done. Now just add on a first page and a last page where Spider-Man has a cold and we'll put it out, you know? And they, they did that <laughs> for, like, 20 years. That's how Marvel got by. And then they stopped doing it eventually. But, yeah, so there was a lot of them back then. But, uh, so, yeah, Josh, what's your general feeling about this? You didn't really give your review yet. Um, I think it's a fine premise. I like what they're going for. Um, but I think the execution is a little rough. Um, I really dislike a lot of the dialogue. Um, I've said it so many times on this podcast and I'll say it, I'm sure plenty more, but I hate when they have to write in to the dialogue what's happening instead of just letting us look and see what's happening. Of course. Yep. The the bad guys pretending to be Spider-Man narrating out loud. It's not like a thought bubble narrating out loud. <laughs> the real webhead wouldn't need an iron pipe to break this window. Yes. It's just like, yeah, we we know. They'll all yeah. figure it they'll all figure it was the real Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, we we understand that you're the fake Spider-Man. You don't need to <laughs> you just told us the page before you don't need to like reiterate and tell us again that you're doing something bad by pretending to be spider-man you're you're currently robbing a bank yeah you know what i mean (laughs) even if we didn't get that beforehand we would know because we know spider-man doesn't rob banks Mm -hmm. so i yeah i I, it's stuff like that where i think like an average story kind of gets bumped down sure to kind of being a little less fun when when you know it's like it, it, it's it's bogged down by this like unneeded dialogue it clutters the it clutters the panels and i don't know i i eh, i'm kind of like eh on this issue okay okay yeah uh let, let's talk about the art quickly michelle what'd you think of the art in this one by larry lieber um as i you know, yeah. like, it was serviceable, I, I guess would be the way to put it. It didn't look bad. Like, it wasn't egregiously bad where I was, like, taken out of the story. It was just, like, run-the-mill, just good enough Spider-Man art that told the story. It wasn't um, any, like, panels or anything that really stood out to me, like, um, struck, you know, composition-wise or anything like that. You know, it, was, it, got, the, it got the job done. Did it feel kind of, like, 1960s-ish to you? Yeah, yeah, it definitely, yeah, it felt more, like, retro. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I thought that would kind of been, like, why, I thought that was, like, a purposeful thing, because he was thinking about something that happened in the past, but I don't, did it say how far back that happened? I doesn't really, it doesn't really say, no, specifically, no. 
Um, but I'm going to assume it's because Larry Lieber obviously is from the 60s, and so is Vince Coletta, the inker. He's also a 60s veteran. So, mm. you know, that's probably why it has that vibe. It was It's just the way they draw, you know? It, it, can't, it couldn't have been from too far back, uh, only because he's wearing the cloth, the black cloth um, right. oh, yeah, suit. Yeah. So I think it's within the last, like, technically takes place in the last year or two. Um, but it does, I, I definitely agree, it does feel like um, more of a retro story and even um, the style of the way things are drawn as well seems a little bit more retro. Right, right. Uh, Becca, did you like the art? Um, I'm just, like, sc- scrolling past, and, like, there's not one single panel where I was like, oh, cool. Like, right, as I'm right. scrolling down, it's just, like... Get it done. Tell the story. Here's Spider Man. There he is. Um, That's true. Yes. It's which is unfortunate because usually a lot of the times at least there's like one or two panels where it's like ah oh, this is what the artist was that that's what they wanted to em- emphasize. But in this it's just like I guess he's really good at drawing that gondola. Um, that's <laughs> like the cover is well you know sweet. I enjoy the cover. I don't know if you know who drew the cover. I can um, find out. Not important. It, it looks it looks like the regular artist for the cover from from Web. Like I just it, I like feels like it fits within the line of the. I'll have you know the cover uh, is by a man I've never heard of named Phil Felix. Shout out to Phil. I've never heard um, of this guy. Anyway, it's, I just like the Spider Man's fighting. Peter has a spider sense. And the other one just has a blow, like a blowtorch. Love that. Right. Love the blow I didn't notice that. Wow, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Uh, we love a good blowtorch. You know, the thing is, you're right. There is no panel that sticks out. But I think why I like the art is because, again, it feels like a comic book. It doesn't feel like photoshopped, you know, uh, movie uh, storyboards. It feels like a classic comic book, you know. And for that, I do like it. And, it ha- and it's also, you notice, this is not a computer. This is not recolored on a computer. This is the shitty 1980s flexograph, mm-hmm. ugly coloring. And that, I think, is part of its charm, you know? So. Well, I don't like it. Okay, okay. Mm. The colors are bad. Ooh, okay. And you should feel bad Ooh, about it. Ooh, all right. <laughs> this is, uh... Uh, honestly, I think if they got rid of half of the dialogue. Yeah. We'd be fine. The the page where the where the mayor is there talking, it's honestly more word bubbles than it is uh, illustration. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. How I like my eyes just like glazed over yeah. on this page, and I was just like, uh, the mayor Jay Jonah Jameson's happy, and he, they're hearing it on the news. Okay, moving on. Yeah, like I couldn't you're right, you're right. even get through half of these bubbles. Yeah. It was just like, uh. I think there's like an old rule that you should only have like two sentences per bubble, and this comic definitely breaks that rule. I I, I don't know. I think if, if if it's something important that you're trying to say, mm-hmm. it's one thing, but it feels like it's it's like double, triple the amount of words, and you could have said it with far fewer, or even uh, uh, by none at all. Did we need to hear the TV? the entire quote from from the the Good point. Uh, the news anchor or could we just or could we just have mj go oh my god peter they're talking about you on the news and that's it mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like we 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 are currently watching what's happening we don't need to see the entire 
segment. <laughs> Sorry about that. 100% agree. Yep. It's Parker time. <laughs> it's Parker time. Here. So, uh, on that note, I mean, I'd love to talk about this comic more, but I think we're going to have to skip to recommendations. So, I surprisingly am going to recommend this one only because it is a done-in-one throwback to the old-style comics. Definitely not essential reading. You could totally survive by not reading this. It's inconsequential. Nothing ever comes back from the story. But I still think it's a fun story. So for that, I recommend it. Uh, Michelle, what about you? Um, I guess I would recommend it. I, it wasn't particularly bad. I did think it was fun like watching him fumble around having a cold. You know, or if it was nowadays, he'd have Rona, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, it was just kind of fun because I liked seeing how, like, him being his, being, him being sick kind of affected his powers a little bit. And he was, like, he literally took a nap, like, in the middle of it. Like, he was just like, <laughs> oh, I'll get to him a bit. Like, it made himself a hammock and everything. And I was like, damn! <laughs> I know, that part was kind of fun. And it's, like, weird, like, how he was just, like, so mad that Mary Jane was, like, you know, try to take care of him. I'm like, bro, man, you should be oh, like. Oh, right. So actually, He's- I think that that would I think that would um, place this within the last few months. I you you saying that actually just made me because I think he said something about how MJ paid for all of the damages done. Yeah. To his apartment. So that yeah, means it, like a broke joke. <laughs> it just it this this like recently happened then. But it's also. You're, yeah, it's also possible that the comic was written and drawn, and they just oh, went and added sure. in a couple for of bubbles, sure, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, uh, and Bex Luthor, what about you? Do you recommend this one? It's okay. I mean, you don't <laughs> you don't need to read it. It's fine. <laughs> read it if you want. I'm not gonna judge, or will I? We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Josh. Yeah, I I think it's the like. It's just fine. I wouldn't recommend it, but I also wouldn't say it's bad either. It's just like the bare minimum of what a Spidey comic is, I think. Um, we've been reading gotcha. some pretty good ones lately. So this one is like, you could skip this in the in the run and it wouldn't matter. And I also don't think it's a fun enough um, one shot where I would like say, you've got to read this one. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, enough with that one. Now we're going to jump over to Amazing Spider-Man number 283. And Bex Luthor, are you going to tell us what this one's about? No. Mm. You're not? Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I just was closing some tabs, sorry. It turns oh, okay. out Larry Lieber is still alive, so good for him. Happy He turns 90 in October. Oh, happy cool. Birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Anyway, let's go back to these not filler issues. <laughs> and you can tell that they're not filler because the beginning of them has something to do with the main ongoing story. Oh. That's how you know, right? So, cover on this one's pretty interesting. Got Absorbing Man and Titania, who is the only good thing to ever come out of Secret Wars, besides <laughs> maybe the black suit, but I'm still on the fence about it. Um, so we start off the issue and... Um, what's his name? Absorbing Man? Nope. No, Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson. Uh, Thank you. I was like, fuck, which white guy from Spider-Man is this? (laughs) Um, Flash Thompson is still on the run because he was broken out of prison by Jack-O-Lantern. I think. It was Jack-O-Lantern, right? 
Uh, yes. Broke him out because he thought he was the Hobgoblin, but he's not the Hobgoblin. Mm. Um, So he's still on the run, and the police are looking for him, and he's talking about how he needs to be brave, like Spider-Man, but he's a coward instead. And then we pan to Spider-Man, who is looking for Flash. And talking about how much he can't wait to give up being Spider-Man, but he can't do that until he finds Flash. Because he's been talking about giving up being Spider-Man for the last six months. Exactly. Even longer, I think, yeah. So Spider-Man hitches a ride on a a cop car because he thinks it'll help him find Flash, and he runs into Titania, the strongest woman in the world, apparently. Um, She's robbing a jewelry store. Classic. Um, She (laughs) throws an entire van at him and gets away, which is just rad. And he follows her... She changes into her civvies, into and she he Peter follows her into a hotel room where she meets up with Crusher Creel, the absorbing man, and her boyfriend. Um, turns out they're trying to lay low, but she wanted to rob a jewelry store. And the way that that Crusher figures out what she was out doing is he puts his hand in her bag and turns into diamonds, which I enjoyed. That it's a very dramatic way of of finding out that your girlfriend's still robbing jewelry stores. <laughs> so they're talking about how they've joined the Masters of Evil. Of course. Where, you know, just subtle group names. <laughs> I know, eh? Um, and how they have to, like, lay low because they have, like, a job to do now. And they, they watch Spider-Man swinging away because obviously he's seen them. So we, then we pan back to the police precinct where the um, the captain, Captain Keating, is super ticked off about Flash escaping, and he's got some internal monologue where like he calls all the police stupid, and they're never going to understand how much that Flash Thompson's case means to him, which makes me think that Captain Keating is probably somebody... somebody? <laughs> Maybe he's the Hobgoblin, we don't know. There's like six people who could be the Hobgoblin. I know who is the Hobgoblin, so it's not as fun. But I mean, I can imagine when you, if you read this, it would probably be really fun to fig- try to figure right. out who it is every mm-hmm. week. So Peter does what every good superhero does, and he calls the Avengers hotline and tells them about um, Absorbing Man and Titania and how they're going. They're in a hotel room. <laughs> and he's like... And then he goes and sells the pictures of Spider-Man fighting Titania to the city editor, and he gets some money of, um, from her. And then he runs into Betty Leeds, who um, has previously been cheating on her husband with Flash Thompson, who was cheating on his girlfriend with Betty. So Peter runs into her, and he's like, oh, why are you so sad? And Ned's like, I don't know, maybe because her husband's leaving her because she cheated on him. <laughs> and they get into an argument, and I'm just like, Peter... The man's wife cheated on him. He's allowed to be mad at her. <laughs> but he has to, like, defend her, and for some reason his spider sense is going off, like, oh, Ned must oh, be really angry. That's maybe weird. Maybe he could be the Hobgoblin. But anyway. Yeah, so we've got, like, six suspects all in this one issue. It's great. Um, and then we pan back over to the hotel room where Absorbing Man and Tanya were, and the Wasp is there, and she's the only one there to investigate because... Um, you have to read Avengers 274 to find out where the rest of the Avengers are. I don't That's care. What doing. They're not here, so <laughs> who cares? Um, they're in trouble, but the Wasp is fine, and she instead of helping out the rest of the Avengers, she's just here. Uh, and then they pan back, and Absorbing Man and Titania are in a different hotel room, and it's less nice, and Titania comments on the fact that it's less nice. Get a little bit of 
of her backstory real quick in case you forgot who she was, like most people, because her origin is from Secret Wars and nobody read Secret Wars. <laughs> Besides us. And it talks about how Doctor Doom gave her her powers. She was just like a random nobody. And then he made her the strongest woman on Earth. And how Spider-Man was the only person to ever defeat her. So she decides that to overcome her fear, someone needs to kill Spider-Man. And it's not going to be her, so she's going to try to convince her boyfriend or manipulate her boyfriend to kill Spider-Man for him. Then we quickly pan over and Spider-Man slash Peter Parker is going to visit his not-girlfriend, Mary Jane. And literally... <laughs> so he's in the, the, the Kingsley Limited building where Mary Jane does her modeling. And he's going to pick her up. And he doesn't understand why his spider sense is still going off. Like, Peter, maybe you should check. But it turns out in the room just just to the left, um, Jack-o'-lantern, or not Jack-o'-lantern, sorry, the Hobgoblin yes. is threatening, uh, who is this guy? Roderick Roderick Kingsley. Kingsley who right. I didn't know had white hair because he previously was a brunette, but okay. Um, maybe it's That's just a recolor. Issue. That's all explained later, but I won't reveal sure. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's like threatening him. He's like, you gotta make me more pumpkin bombs. These pumpkin bombs are shit. Make me better ones. Spider-Man's not gonna die from regular pumpkin bombs. <laughs> uh, so Peter and Mary Jane are out to lunch. They're talking about Spider-Man related things, and you could tell that they're whispering about it. And then they're holding hands, and it's really cute and romantic. Um... And then Peter's like, oh, crap, the Avengers are out of commission because there was a, apparently the news on the radio was talking about how the Avengers are out of commission, which I feel like should not be broadcast. But okay. <laughs> hey, the world's greatest superheroes aren't available. <laughs> so now Spider-Man feels even more responsible for absorbing Man and Titania. So he goes to where he knows that they were going to meet up. Apparently, they're pretending to be chauffeurs to pick up somebody else from their Masters of Evil shenanigans. And um, so Titania was like, oh, there's Spider-Man. Cool, I can make Crusher kill him. So she gets out of her disguise and throws <coughs> another car at him because that's her signature, is throwing cars at Spider-Man. Love it. And then Crusher's like, oh my god, my girlfriend's so crazy, like, why would you do this? And he's like, well, I guess I'll help her. So then he starts fighting Spider-Man, and then they're fighting Spider-Man in this airport. Um, and then the guy that they're supposed to meet up with, who we'll talk about later, who could it be? The man with the teeth, um, is like, where's, where's, where's my entourage? I was promised a limo. This is ridiculous. So they throw more vehicles at Spider-Man. Until Spider-Man is just fighting Titania because she's like, oh no, my boyfriend. <laughs> and that's the thing that gets makes her over her fear of Spider-Man, is that Spider-Man was going to defeat Crusher. Which, probably not, but okay. Um, so then Crusher absorbs a plane, and also lifts a plane. <laughs> and he's like, hey Spider-Man, give up now or I'll throw this whole plane full of people. And presumably they'll all die. So Spider-Man's like... All right, you win, and just leaves. And everyone's like, wow, what a coward Spider-Man. <laughs> Literally, everyone's talking about what a coward Spider-Man is. It's, and then it's in the bugle the next day, where Flash Thompson sees it, and he's like, Spider-Man's not a coward, or maybe he is, like me. And then the issue ends. He's hiding behind the same dumpster. 
he's, he's still been, there. He's just he's just been <laughs> crouched behind this dumpster and nobody's found him for a week. So I guess why would you check behind the dumpster? <laughs> Over Here's the, the thing. next issue, we got Hobgoblin, Jack-O-Lantern, Hammerhead, Silvermane, yeah. and the Rose. Because there wasn't enough freaking bad guys in here. Let's throw in yeah. Hammerhead and Silvermane. Uh, I'll just say that I think that Amazing's been coasting a little bit lately. Like, I didn't... Again, this is kind of just more fighting back and forth and, you know, subplotting. And, okay, it's it's fine and dandy. However, I did like the, the way that the story kind of climaxed with um, Absorbing Man holding up the plane. Ooh. Again, using everyone as a hostage. And the fact that he basically defeated Spider-Man and Spider-Man had to walk away. I thought that was really cool. And I liked all the uh, red herrings with the different hub go- hob- sorry, hobgoblin suspects. So kind of an average issue of Amazing, but uh, there's enough good in there that I did like it. Uh, Josh, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I I liked all of like the separate set pieces on their own. But I don't think it worked as like a whole story necessarily. It right. it kind of almost felt like the spectacular Spider-Man thing where it's like they have they have all of these subplots that are just kind of like stacked up on top of each other to to fill out an issue, but they don't all necessarily like blend together. Um, it kind of felt like that a little bit, but I, but I did like a lot of the stuff. I think the uh, Titania and and Absorbing Man relationship is really fun. The two of them teaming up to uh, to stop him, and then it all coming to a head at the airport is super fun. Uh, their both of their obsessions with throwing cars at Spider Man is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like I I had more fun reading this one, but I felt like it was a weaker overall story if that makes sure, sense sure sure yep but i'll uh, forget i'll forgive it because it it was fun right right then that's yeah amazing is always fun it's, it always mm-hmm. feels like classic spidey to me uh bex luther what'd you think i loved it but only because i love um merrick mcclaren's and crusher creel's beautiful romance and i love how much that they work together and they're still together to this day in continuity absolutely oh my god yes no this is like the longest standing relationship like nothing can break these two apart and it's beautiful and they're both just like just shitty b tier bad guys and they just rob jewelry stores and work for the highest bidder and i love them and i love their like little their romance where they were just like hiding out in hotels and crushers like you're all the jewelry stores again come on <laughs> like and it's like actually like a nice relationship like they seem to actually generally care about each other even though it's tanya's trying to manipulate crusher to, to kill spider-man for her but then she saves him it's i i like it was it was nice and i i like that i like absorbing man and titania as characters i think they're really interesting i would honestly read a, a a comic series that was just following them and their weird like couple dynamics right, right like they're uh like they're what's it called uh oh famous movie with the two people on the run killing people and robbing banks bonnie and clyde it's a kind of bonnie and clyde relationship yeah but they just throw cars like they don't right. use guns they, yeah, you're right, <laughs> yes yes um michelle what's your take on this one i actually liked it for the same reason bex luthor did like just i love their relationship was so cute and like wholesome it was like weird because they're villains but like they're you know they were very i'm like man i I want a relationship like they have you know very supportive of each other's endeavors and got each other's back and like they're just i don't know i was like 
totally thrown off when she ran into the hotel room and jumped on him. Like, just the way that entire thing played out, like, it was just, like, kind of, like, realistic of, like, you know, a relationship. It wasn't, like, it was just a small little nice moment between two people. Like, oh, he's so happy to see her when she came back. You know, I was like, oh, that's yeah. cute. Like, they're villains, but, like, they're not, like, huge villains. They're, like, like, like she was saying, they're, like, you know, more, like, <clears throat> you know, just robbing banks and stuff. Like, you know, it's not really that bad. You know, I mean, maybe capitalism kind of sucks anyways. Fuck them. You know, like, so, um, yeah, I like that. I like that aspect of it. I kind of wasn't super into, like, the who's a hobgoblin thing. Like, that was very, a lot less interesting to me, I guess. I don't know. I just it wasn't, um, it, is, it, it, it seemed less interesting than, than the actual stuff they were focusing on. Like, I guess, like, the B plot was less interesting mm-hmm. than the A plot, you know? Sure. Um, I did like the the uh, big splash panel with, when um, Absorb Man was like holding up that plane, like in the fork, like in the background, and then Spider Man was in the front, like turning. I was like, I thought that was a really, really, really cool panel. Like I was like, I'd like that'd be a cool poster or something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I like the relationship aspect of it, and the rest of it, well, I could take or leave. It wasn't bad, but I didn't grab my interest as much. So, I know you said you didn't care about the Hobgoblin subplot, but I have to ask, who do you think is the Hobgoblin? Or do you know? Oh, I don't know. Ah. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I was so still in the dark. The writers are doing the job gonna, then, because you've got... Yeah, I was actually going to look it up. I forgot. Mm. I was going to look it up after to see who it was, and I was like nosy. And then, like, I was at work, and I was like, oh, I, I got distracted, but... Well, now I'm going to look it up after this podcast. Over. Well, we can't stuff. spoil it for our listeners. It, yeah. No. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, to me, it almost feels like they don't know who the Hobgoblin is, though. Like it's written, they, they, it's written, it's written as if they're kind of putting out a bunch of options, and then whoever people least suspect is who they're probably going to go for. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, know you right I mean? now. If you in a few months, you're going to see how this story pans out, and there's it will lend some credence to your theory. Mm-hmm. You are not going to believe how this story turns out, but we'll leave it for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, again, I thought this was an okay issue. I actually like the Hobgoblin stuff the best. I like the relationship between Titania or Titania and uh, Absorbing Man, but I guess I didn't care as much as uh, Becca and uh, Michelle. I like the, the Hobgoblin stuff more. But overall, it was a fun issue. Kind of a typical issue of Amazing, right? It's always solid. Um, so it's yeah, I guess I recommend, <laughs> well, it's always okay, but I, I guess I recommend it. It's not a masterpiece, but I recommend it. Josh, what were you going to say? You know, I think that, I think the reason why I'm not as big of, of a fan, uh, of the like hobgoblin mystery is because we're not seeing Peter Parker uncover clues, find clues as to who it might be. We're just being fed like red herrings right like okay this is this isn't like him trying to figure it out and like solving you try trying to like clear his his friend's name at this point he's kind of just like forgot about it and doesn't care i don't think he mentioned it even in this one like flash still on the run mm-hmm. i've got to clear his name because i don't think i still don't think he did it like it's it just it's very weird that um we're just being told, like, hey, look at this guy. Remember him? Maybe it's him. You never know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what about this one? Like, you remember that guy? Mm-hmm. He's kind of looking suspicious. It's like we don't ever see, like, the only reason we suspect these people is because they tell us to, they, they tell us that he's a suspect, right? So, 
Right. Um, I I definitely enjoyed the the relationship more in this issue just because there's like some substance there. The characters are doing something. They're interacting with each other, and um, I feel like that plot has gone forward. Um, their relationship is like moved something's happened where with the other guys it's just kind of like a guess who board i'm just looking at who's left (laughs) (laughs) uh bex luthor did you recommend it yet or did you Uh, give a recommendation yeah no for sure i enjoyed it a lot i love (laughs) i love little little things like this this is like my this is why i read comic books it's not for the punching even though i love the punching but it's just for like oh what what what's today an absorbed man what's what's their life like oh they're married that's cool oh Crusher has a son, and Titania's a stepmom, and they just have, like, a nice, not-nuclear family, and it's sweet and nice, and sometimes they rob banks and throw cars at Spider-Man. Like, I like that. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. my kind of jam. Um, I also like the art in this. Michelle said that the the, the big panel with, like, the, the plane would make a great poster. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, is every issue, there's at least one panel where you're like, that's freaking awesome. And that's that one. And even, like, a couple pages earlier, when Spider-Man's fighting Absorbing Man, and there's, like, a million Spider-Mans to showcase how fast he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the art. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Read this one. Don't read the other one. <laughs> yeah, it's just so we can uh, tell everybody, it's the regular series artist, uh, Ron Friends, but it's inked by Bob Layton. So it's a, he, he's inked some of the issues, but he's not the usual inker, so yeah. It's definitely cool. Um, and then, Michelle, do you recommend this one? Oh, yeah, totally. I I mean, even, like, with the Hobgoblin thing, and, and the Hobgoblin thing wasn't necessarily bad. It's just, in comparison to the other story, it was less interesting. There wasn't enough sense of urgency, in my opinion, towards it. So, uh, But I would definitely recommend it, just for the art and, like, the little fun relationship stuff going on in it. Awesome. All right, there you go. Amazing Spider-Man 283. Now we're going to jump to Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 121. And Michelle, you are going to summarize this one for us. I forgot, like, I, was, I had to, like, summarize stuff, so, like, I didn't write, like, a whole lot of things Oh, down. you know what? Oh, you have to write but, anything. Um, Trust me, we just go off the cuff, yeah. I, well, yeah, I can just, you know, um, it's basically, okay, like, I super love the cover of this one because Jonah Jameson with a fucking gun is amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, yeah. the most hilarious cover to me. I was like, What? Like, before mm-hmm. I, you know, when I actually started reading the story, I was like, what is, like, how did this even happen, like, this mm-hmm. story? But basically, it starts off, like, uh, they're, uh, Peter Parker, Mary Jane, and Jonah Jameson are, like, in a restaurant bar type of a thing, and uh, they're enjoying a meal together. Um, Jonah's been knocking them back. He's been having <laughs> beer. Peter Parker's having Cokes. And, uh... They come. One of the guys that works at the the uh, newsroom comes in and was like, "Oh, like you know, uh, a bank got robbed, and I heard you guys were there. Like, I mean, can you know?" He's like, "And usually, if you ask eyewitnesses, they don't give good, you know, accounts. But you know, you guys are that's your, you know. Let me ask you, what happened at this bank robbery? You know, that Spider Man showed up, and he's like, "Hey, Peter Parker, did you get any good pictures?" And of course, he didn't because he was Spider Man. So, mm-hmm. um. You know, so they, like, and you said this earlier before we started taping, and I wrote this down on my book. I wrote, um, Rashomon. Right there, I was like, hey, this is Rashomon. Yep. Um, now, did I, you I, notice the bank was called Rashomon? No! I didn't. Oh, they actually say, you mean oh, the robbery man. at the Rashomon Bank and trust oh. just downstairs in the view? That was on page three, yep. Or page two. 
That's I'm hilarious. confused. What's Rashomon? <laughs> it's um, it's a film directed by Akira Kurosawa, where basically um, it's like a samurai era film where a murder takes place, and um, they try to find out what happened. And the murder is recounted by three different characters, and the different characters have different viewpoints of what happened. And it, it kind of never really tells you which one also is correct, which is um, interesting. It's all like uh, perception and how perception changes reality for each person and how one situation can be interpreted so different by everybody's like life experience and like like their motiv- motivations behind why they're telling saying certain things it's like basically the idea of like exploring one event through three different perspectives um it's like an absolutely fantastic film just just fucking mwah, mwah. Just, mm-hmm. just, you need mm-hmm. to watch it it's like really good well, anyway, but that's like a really popular it was it like basically popularized that trope of like events and then everybody recounts it different and then and and when when each character uh, you know recounts it it like shows their personality uh, you know um, about how they see the world, so it's like you know you can kind of like look into like how characters, you know, inner workings are. So that's what this does. Basically, all three of the characters, Mary Jane, Peter Parker, and Jonah Jameson, tell this the story of what happened three different ways. And each you can you know in each one you know the person telling the story has um, embellished on it to make themselves look better. Um, and I, and I would assume Peter Parker being the way he is that his version is the closest to what actually really happened. That's, I guess that's what the, what they're trying to say. But, you know, Jonah Jameson makes himself out to be, like, this badass flipping backwards over desks and <laughs> guns, and he's smoking cigars, and everybody's like, oh, Jonah Jameson, your cigar smells so good. Like, it's so hot. <laughs> you know? And then when Mary Jane tells the story, everybody's, like, just, like, ravished by her beauty. And, oh, Mary Jane, you're just, you're beautiful. And, you know, all the, everything's kind of revolving around her. And Peter Parker's story is very just like, this is what happened, guys. Like, you know. <laughs> and it's funny because even, like, the characters in the story, like, the the person that tries to rob the bank looks different in each of their recollections. Yeah. Like, um, and then the final one, you find out that he wasn't this, like, badass thug that come in. He was just kind of like this kind of point angster kind of guy that is super into Spider-Man beating him up, too. Like, fetishy almost like which i was actually surprised by he was like yes beat me daddy harder kind of thing <laughs> and spider-man's like whoa, whoa i don't know man like you know but he got spider-man's like feel sorry for him because he, he's such like a he's like a dork you know and i'm sure he has you know affinity with the dorks because he's also kind of a dork so he mm-hmm. you know he kind of like protects the guy's identity because he, he could tell he wasn't like a professional criminal he was just like looking for some kind of like validation or something and maybe get his butt smacked around by Spider-Man on the DL or something. Uh, but <laughs> And then that's the end of it. They're just like, oh, this is the three different kind of stories. And who whose is more correct? It's probably Peter Parker's because his seems to be the most balanced out of all of them. So did you enjoy this issue, Michelle? Oh, yeah. This was my favorite one out of all three of them. I loved this one. I thought it was just fabulous. Like, it was just, like, really clever. And it was, like, just... It was, like, really funny and ironic. And, and it was also kind of like a parody of... Spider-Man in general, like they would kind of use Ned to like parody other issues of like the, the the setup of a Spider-Man story and and like maybe the different ways that people describe Spider-Man stories, like even that if they don't read them all the time, they're like, oh, he just does this and this and this. It was kind of like a send-off of that, maybe. Yeah, I I really like this issue. It's definitely my favorite of the bunch. And um, when I was a kid, obviously I didn't know what, what Rashomon was, but 
I thought, oh my God, Peter David's invented a new genre. I didn't realize he got it from a movie. But yeah, this this has been done in like, you know, the usual suspects and a bunch of other different movies. But what a clever way to tell this story. And also, I just love the way it focuses on like just the main cast of the Daily Bugle, right? J. Jonah Jameson, Mary J- Well, not Mary Jane, but she doesn't work there. But Peter and then uh, uh, Joe Robertson. I think that was so cool. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they actually use several different artists in this uh, story as well. Ideally, each artist would have matched up to each story, but I don't think they quite do. But if you go through the issue, you can kind of see, like, the opening splash page is um, John Romita Sr., like the quintessential Spider-Man artist. And it it's just a classic shot of them all sitting there. And then as you go forward, there's a couple pages by John Buscema, who's another uh, Marvel veteran. And then when it gets to, I think it's J. Jonah and Jameson's point of view, it's Bob McCloud who's known for doing New Mutants as well as for doing Spider-Man. And he's, his artwork is the funniest where like J. Jonah Jameson is doing his flip over the table <laughs> and he's still got a cigar in his mouth. Like that was hilarious. I, so. I assumed, I had assumed that was on purpose, right? Like they were trying, they were utilizing the fact that right. they have like a bullpen of different artists um, to like have different styles for the way that right, the story, right. each story is told. So I really like that. Um, yes. Yeah, this was super fun and creative. And although the idea itself isn't necessarily like a super original, um, I think that uh, having it told in this way and in, in comics is really great. This is like the perfect way to have a one-off story. Yes. Like if you compare this to the first issue uh, that we that we talked about, Web, it's like night and day. I think uh, like this this story, even though like nothing necessarily changes from the start to the to the end, it doesn't further the overarching story. Um, you still get something from it. Like you're you're still being told a story, and you're you're learning more about these characters. Um, I, and I yeah, I absolutely had so much fun with this one. I think you hit hit on something really important. Um, I, I know that like uh, people tend to think that the only way a, good, a story is good is if something changes, if things are radically mm. changed forever, and blah. blah. But you're right. It, there's another way to tell a good story, and that's to just to re, to learn more about the characters, right? And especially mm-hmm. in this story, where you find out how different each of the three main characters is, and I think that is the key to what makes this work. I think it's really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bex Luther, what do you think? No, yeah, this one was my favorite of the three too. Um, I had no idea. I don't really, I don't watch watch movies, right? So I don't know anything about movies. So it was actually, I learned something today. So that's fun. Also, my partner loves samurais, so you know, mm. probably actually watch the movie. Um, <laughs> no, I the three perspectives is great. I love learning more. Like you just learn so much about the three people. Like I didn't realize. Well, I knew Mary Jane was vain, but I didn't realize she maybe could be that vain. <laughs> um, you you know, Jay Jonah's full of himself, but like the fact that he would go out of his way, be like, "Yeah, I did a backflip," and and expect people to believe him is insane. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then you have Peter's story, and in in the previous two, they're like hyping themselves up as the as the hero, right? Whereas in Peter's story, he, Spider-Man's the hero, right? And it's not Peter. And mm-hmm. Peter has to tell it as if he's not... Like, it's it's an interesting... Because if Peter was telling this as Spider-Man, it probably would have been different still than him telling sure. it as Peter mm-hmm. Parker. Because he has point. to make sure that the people he's telling it to 
don't get any clue that he's Spider-Man. So he can pa- can't be like, and then Spider-Man did this dope thing. He has to be mm-hmm. like, and then Spider-Man did this thing. And like, I got it from the, the retelling that he, he isn't just being like, oh, Spider-Man's so quippy. What a guy. Like, I just enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the, the reveal that the guy is like, just this like mentally ill man who's just begging for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's lost. Is that completely? See, I also took that as um, Peter trying to downplay that Spider-Man did anything like heroic, so so something wouldn't get published, right? Like, oh, it was just this like dorky guy who's wearing Howard the Duck shirt. Like, it wasn't much of a fight. Don't worry about it, kind of thing. That's at well, least that's what he I took. To protect, he wanted to protect that guy's identity. That's why he wanted. He played. He downplayed it. So, like, uh, because he felt like that guy didn't really deserve the ire. Like, he was just kind of. He felt sorry for him, mm-hmm. and you know, so he kind of wanted to keep it like more on the DL. Well, also, it's the second issue this month where Peter Parker kind of talked someone down, right? Even in the fill-in story, Peter Parker kind of explained to that guy that was out to get him, like, "Listen, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't remember how he did it, but if you remember." He kind of negotiated with the guy, right? And sort of convinced him to do the right thing. And that's the same thing that happened here. Which, which I thought was, again, really telling, right? Like, it reveals Peter Parker's character. I thought that was really cool. The issue of Amazing, it also there was fighting, but it didn't end with a fight. It ended with Peter walking away from a fight. True. Yep. Good mm-hmm. point. A lot of good, lot of good um, conflict resolution mm-hmm. this, this week. De-escalation. Yeah, definitely. You're right. Ugh, and the art. The art in this. I could talk about it all day. Do it. I love I love some of this, some especially with the Peter retelling, mm-hmm. and like just that Spider-Man, that muscly blue, like <laughs> ugh, exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. You know what's funny? <laughs> now that you mention it, you're right. Spider-Man in the Spider-Man story is done in the kind of blue uh, style with the black shadows, and then the first couple chapters, Spider-Man is all well. Actually, no, only the middle one. It's the middle one by Bob McCloud where he's solid black. So that's kind of interesting, too. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's supposed to be from JJ's perspective, right? So it seems mm-hmm. almost like less heroic. Like he's less defined, muscly, like muscle-wise. insect-like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, we didn't, I don't think we mentioned how the woman that gets shot. Uh, <laughs> in JJ. In J. Jonah Jameson's chapter, Spider-Man just runs, jumps over her, whoops, slow bridge, and just leaves her laying there bleeding to death. Like, there's so many funny moments in that one, in the J. Like, that was my she, favorite in one. In one of them, she got shot in the chest, and in the other one, she only got grease in the arm, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yes. So, I like, think did she die in one, and then, like, in the other one, she just was, like, slightly harmed? I think and, in the in Mary Jane one, she shot, like, in the chest. But anyway. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Becca? and then, well, no, even in Mary Jane's one, she's, like, way more fashionable mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. good point she's like high fashion girl and then in jay jonah she's just some lady yep that gets shot totally different outfit you're right totally different outfit and then in peter's version of the story um she's also in a different outfit but she just gets her arm gets grazed and even mentions like she's like oh no i'm fine it just stings a bit right yep 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 she probably had a high fashion outfit on and Mary Jane noticed because she notices stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like, you know, guys kind of don't. So he was, it just was like clothes to everybody else. But, you know, Mary Jane's like, oh, that's a shirt from this and a skirt from here. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because like she's blonde in Mary Jane and Peter's retelling. 
but she's not blonde in Jay Jonah's retelling, but also <laughs> she's I never noticed sh- that. Yeah, she's not wearing like a shirt. I don't know. It's in- it's. I I I thought it was interesting. Like, oh, obviously Jay Jonah is like, oh, a woman was shot, so she's wearing a skirt because she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it it also just goes to show that like he he doesn't he he's like the least reliable when it comes to retelling the story it's like he's getting so much wrong that Uh even like even peter and mj's stories kind of match up a little bit but his is just so ridiculous and wild and out there that it's he's also like drunk too true yeah true make a show like of him being pretty drunk he was smoking a pretzel (laughs) yes right and and peter's the only one drinking coke right Yeah, he, mm-hmm. they they make a note of t- saying that he's like on his third coke. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know what else to say about this. I mean, we all love it. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I give it my highest recommendation. It's one of my favorite issues lately, for sure. It's a classic story. Again, it's something we've definitely never seen in Spider-Man, as far as I can remember. Right? Yeah. No. Nothing. Nothing like this. This is super fun. I, I think the best one-off story that we've. Uh, dealt with for sure um one of the more fun ones like it's it's up there in in my favorites that we've reviewed on the podcast and definitely sure. this is i wish i wish more one-offs were like this right because mm-hmm. you could fit this in at any point and it, it would it would fit perfectly seamlessly right so mm-hmm. yeah definitely a good issue uh michelle what do you think recommend it oh yeah totally this was yeah, fantastic. And it, and it would be fun to do as like a dual thing, like watch watch, you know, Rashomon and then read this comic and it'd be like a fun little thing. It's always like fun when you watch a lot of classic things and then like you see it, you you see it pop up in popular culture and it's just fun when it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't notice a lot of it when I was younger, when I was like, you know, in my teens I would read comics and then I and I reread them as an adult and I was like, Oh yeah, they totally saw this Czechoslovakian film from 1950 like i just never you know because they're all they were all old guys you know like to me when they wrote it so like you know this is funny how a lot of that it's kind of like a good example of that as i watched bill and ted's um bogus journey and then i didn't realize until i was like in my 30s that it's the seventh seal or right right yeah yeah. it's like a bergman reference i was like what the fuck like it blew my mind i was like yes yes like they totally, it's totally like a Bergman, like, told, you know, homage. And mm-hmm. I've never, you know, it's fun when that kind of stuff happens. This is like a really fun way to do that, too. Absolutely. Uh, Bex, what do you think? Oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what I do that with anime. I'll be like uh, watching some mm-hmm. Western stuff. I'll be like, that's from Evangelion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't, ha- um, I can't count how many times they reference the motorcycle Akira slide. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's like a Literally. there's like a, yeah. a GIF that does that. It shows them all in a row, yeah. right, or something. It's so cool. So, but yeah, just, just the weeb version of Michelle's much more educated version. Yeah. Going, ah, I know that. That's, that's... But I, also, I also get excited about the Kira bike too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like fuck yeah, Kira slide. We all like anime. Uh. D- but, Becca, did you give yeah. your recommendation? Yeah? All right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And from the only person here who had no idea that it was a reference to something, I still enjoyed it. And knowing that it, it is a reference to something very influential, apparently, makes me actually like it more. And also want to 
delve into what it was inspired from. I like doing that kind of stuff. That's always fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I will say this cover is dope, and it's so dope that I just bought it. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean cool. you, you bought the digital issue? No, 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 no. The physical one's sitting in my living room right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where awesome. did you get it from? Um, there's this place called Capcam. Shout out to Capcam. Mm. Um, every couple days they post, they get like tons and tons and tons of comics all the time. And they're mostly like a digital store. So my partner, who is constantly just looking at their new uploads, <laughs> is like, that's a cool cover, and bought it. And then when it got here, I was like, hey, I just read that. That's so cool. That's nice. amazing. It's like, I wish you would have told me you were buying it so I would have read the physical one. But I know they nope. can reread it. It's yeah. bagged and boarded and put in a box to be never touched again. There you go. <laughs> like be invested in. Be. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so everyone's given the recommendation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, I think uh, it's it's too bad. I, I wish this episode could go, could go on longer, but we're all out of comic books. Uh, I want to, yeah, I want to thank Michelle for joining <laughs> us again. Thank you, Michelle. All right, thanks for inviting me back on. Absolutely, and we'll definitely have you on again soon for sure, as long as you uh, are up for it. As long as I remember to. Yeah. No. 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 For sure. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> this week we... was much better anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You, you lucked out. I think. It's funny because if I if I could, I would have every guest we've ever had on for our big Hobgoblin reveal episode because it'll be so cool for everyone to see how. Actually, no, it won't because the, it's pretty terrible how they resolve it. But yeah, I was like, it's not gonna be cool. Yeah. We're gonna have a bunch it's, of disappointed friends. It's not a yeah. cool revelation. Everybody's gonna go, oh, or it's who? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, who's that guy? Wait, before who? Game of Thrones and before Lost, there was the big Hobgoblin reveal, the big disappointment. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. I mean, I would have said, yeah, I guess, what, 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 what else, right? Hobgoblin was purgatory the entire time. <gasps> like, oh my god, you said purgatory, <laughs> and I immediately was like, like the, the, the devil girl? No, not Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca, not, not, not the devil girl with the big boobs. Not her. <laughs> the place. So, uh, I be sure to stop reading so much comments. <laughs> no, you don't. But anyway, be Never. sure to join us next week. We're reviewing Web of Spider-Man 22 with with the continuation of the Dublin story, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 284, which begins the Gang War five-parter, and Oof. Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man 122 with the return of who's this guy Mahler? I think I don't know, but I'm sure it's a good issue. And uh, anyway, Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can drop us a line on Twitter at, at @hctspidercast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the comics and the podcast itself. We uh, we want to keep that comics conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, see you later. <laughs>